We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com live postgame show slash podcast. I am Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. Rough night for the new look Lakers ran into a buzzsaw of a Blazers team that simply could not miss. The entire team was red hot from three. Almost all game until the fourth quarter when we got into garbage time. That's the only time when the Blazers finally cooled off. The Blazers ultimately win 127-115. Damaging loss for the Lakers and their playoff hopes. Of course, the Blazers, a team that was sitting just ahead of the Lakers in the standings. This was an opportunity to get a win. But my goodness, I don't think many teams are beating Portland if they're shooting and hitting 23 threes in the game. And again, almost all of those came in the first three quarters, the game was essentially over going into the fourth quarter. Simply could not miss so many Blazers just went berserk from behind the three-point line. But of course, the big one, Damian Lillard, 40 points, 8 of 14 from three, including six boards and five assists as well. They went absolutely crazy in that. That is what the Lakers did not need, given what they're trying to do in the standings. Joining me is Sean Spaces. David, Sean, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I got hit by a couple of the threes that the Blazers were hitting, so my <laughs> head hurts a little bit. Um, hit all 23 of them. So they were, they were raining threes all over the Lakers pretty much all night long. And here's the thing. It wasn't like we know Damian Lillard can go berserk, right? We've seen it. It sucks when it happens because there's just like there's only so much you can do when he just starts going crazy. Now, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of fans that are not happy with Darvin Ham for not adjusting sooner to what Lillard was doing, and that's fair. Um, I think that's a fair criticism that you should have started doubling Lillard, blitzing him, doing everything he could to get the ball out of his hands. And essentially, essentially in that scenario, what you're trying to do is force Lillard to give up the ball, and you're accepting a four-on-three situation because if you double Lillard, you blitz him, the ball goes out of his hands. Frank Vogel used to do this all the time to James Harden. They would blitz him, get the ball out of his hands, and then you would just accept that, hey, the Rockets were going to play four on three, and you would trust your three defenders to make life difficult. 
and other guys to recover. And, and uh, the Lakers won that way quite a bit. But that's the game plan if you're going to blitz Lillard. The Lakers finally started to do that in the third quarter. And lo and behold, the other Blazers just started making all, all their threes. When Matisse Thibault hits four for six from deep, and that's a season high in threes for him, he is that is the guy you are supposed to leave, and he hits four for six, you know it's not your night, Sean. Yeah, I mean, like, the, we, we talked about this on the playback stream. Matisse Thibault is the guy that you're saying, okay, cool, help completely off of him to stop drives or whatever and just close out late. And Matisse Thibault basically threw that game plan of the, of the Lakers into the garbage can, like like you said, just hitting four threes. Uh, Nasir Little became an elite three-point shooter tonight. Uh, Watford hit a couple of threes. Shaden Sharp was a good – like, what in the world? Uh, there was just basically nothing the Lakers could do defensively to, to slow down the Blazers' three-point shooting. Now, Nasir Little, percentage-wise on the, on the season, is shooting very, very well from three. Doesn't take a ton of them. Still, he's a 34% career three-point shooter. Like, you had a lot of guys who just shot above their heads. And look, here's the here's the thing. And we're going to get into this, and I know a lot of Lakers fans are mad, and, and rightfully so. Look, given the situation the Lakers are in, the timing almost couldn't be worse. But this does happen sometimes in the NBA, where you run into a team who's just red hot, and they can't miss, and there's not a whole lot you could do now again I, I do think there were other things darvin ham could have done and should have done so i'm not saying just remove all the blame from darvin ham but sometimes in the nba you run into a team that's just red hot shooting the ball one night and they just have an outlier game i, I mean look sean if the blazers do this if they shoot this well if they did this every game they're they're not losing many games right like if they if they were to do this every single game they're probably the best team in the nba um but they're not going to. This is an outlier game for them. It's unfortunate, though, that it happened now against the Lakers. And some of that we can say maybe that's on the Lakers' defense. But that it happened in this game against the Lakers when the Lakers need to climb up the standings. We know they're, they've are they they've run out of time. They have to, have to start winning games. And they have to win games against the teams that are sitting just ahead of them. So the timing and the team almost couldn't be worse for the Lakers for this to happen tonight. Yeah, I mean, if Portland were to shoot this well for an entire season, who cares that the Phoenix Suns just added Kevin Durant? Like, the the Portland Trailblazers would be the favorites to come out of the Western Conference, but this isn't sustainable at all. It's just a freakishly uh, hot shooting night, and, um, like, the only way to combat that is you'd literally have to just match them in points. And the Lakers weren't able to do that. They uh, missed – I think they shot for the majority of the first half, like, in the single digits percentage-wise from three. They, they did. Um, and and, and then that's, uh, that, that's what led to the big deficit. Um, if you want to compare this to the last game where the Lakers had a big comeback, defensively, it was better. And Portland just missed a ton of shots, especially in that first half. Got a little bit worse in the third quarter. But, um, yeah, I mean, just um, awful, awful, awful timing. Portland averages just under 12 threes per game. Made threes per game. 11.9 made yeah. threes per game for Portland. They had 23 in this game. And I don't know that they hit a three 
in the final nine minutes of the fourth quarter. Yeah, they had 23 threes with 9.30 to play in the fourth quarter. And then they didn't hit a three after that. So think about that. They put up 23. They they almost doubled their in-game average on threes without hitting any in the final nine minutes of the fourth quarter. Like they played nine minutes of the game without hitting a three and almost doubled their ins- like that's just how insanely hot they were um in this game which is crazy. Uh Mario said at least Beasley can hit threes but this loss hurts. That's maybe the silver lining. Malik Beasley got going it was garbage time but he finally got going. I uh, was 0 for 6 in his Lakers debut, missed his first couple of threes but then finished 6 for 12 from deep for 22 points. It's how the Lakers actually won the fourth by 10 was Beasley got hot in what was essentially garbage time. Yeah, it's good to see Malik Beasley get hot at least and uh, maybe get out of his slump. I mean, I think somebody mentioned the playback stream. He's been shooting like 32% since January or something like that from three. So it's good to see him start to get a rhythm back. Hopefully it continues when uh, LeBron and we get this full team back. Uh, Jillian said start slash re-sign Beasley. Uh, well, you don't have to. You, he has a team option for next year. You can pick up for $16.5 million. Um, So if you want to keep him around, you can do that. Uh, I don't know if you start him. I, Darvin Ham said before the game that he's going to stick with Dennis Schroeder and D'Angelo Russell. And you know what? Like, I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of anti-Dennis Schroeder stuff in, in tonight's game, uh, post-game comments. He put up 51 points in his last two games. Like, we, we, we're going to forget that very quickly and say, well, he didn't have it going tonight. Ham should have subbed him. Okay, right, I understand that. But Dennis Schroeder, you don't win last game without without Schroeder. So I'm not ready to just say, oh, this is, you know, Darvin Ham, what are you thinking? Putting Dennis Schroeder into the game. He put up 26. He led, he led you in scoring last game. Um, but tonight was not good for him. Now, AD trade value. He was bad. Was Anthony Davis bad in this game? He finishes with uh, 19 points, 20 rebounds, three blocks, eight for 18 shooting. I thought AD was a monster on the glass. I thought AD was more aggressive offensively. I mean, like you said, eight, eight for 18 shot, uh, decent amount of shots. I thought he was still regular Anthony Davis defensively. He just missed a couple easier looks that yeah. really sucks. Like he missed a, a hook shot that is still in my memory. I think it was third quarter, maybe early in the third. Um, he missed a, a couple layups. Um, so I don't think AD was bad. Um, it's just not what you want from your superstar, I guess, at least scoring wise. But um, again, second straight game, where I think everything else except the scoring, Anthony Davis was fine. He just didn't score enough. You know, I said in the pregame video, is the question is going to be, is Anthony Davis going to be the best player on the floor tonight? That may ultimately determine who wins this. And the answer was no. Um, Damian Lillard was clearly the best player on the floor tonight. And, and the Blazers won. Uh, you know, AD, I think he was better than his last outing where he really struggled against the Golden State Warriors. But still, he's going up against Drew Eubanks. This is where you needed a... 30 and 20 monster game out of AD. Instead, you get 19 out of him. And it wasn't like he didn't get shot at. He had more shot attempts than anybody on the team. He just was eight for 18 shooting in this one. Just didn't finish as many shots as obviously you would like him to. So was he bad? No, but he wasn't like MVP level, raise his, his play 
to put the team on his back or anything like that. I will say this. If Le, you know LeBron comes back next game, LeBron obviously didn't play in this one, but LeBron comes back next game and AD plays like this and say instead of 8 for 18, he's 10 for 18, I think we're probably singing a different tune. I agree. Uh, Ham's defensive sets and offensive plays are bad. How much of this was bad defense by the Lakers? How much of it was great shooting by the Blazers? Oh, I think it was more great shooting by the Blazers. Um, I'm I'm going to save what I want to say about Darwin Ham because I feel like we're going to talk a lot more about Ham as the night goes on. Uh-oh. But Are you, are you answer, saving it for the master lock? Uh, if, we, if it gets to that <laughs> point, if, we, if it gets that far, I, I have a feeling we're going to talk about Darwin a lot more before then. Uh, okay. But to answer your question more specifically, I think it was a lot more like Damian Lillard hit a running three to end the, to, to beat the buzzer in the first quarter, hit one right before halftime. Those were the both two tough shots that the Lakers just you throw your hands up for. So um, more, more just great shot making by, by Portland. Kyle Hampton, did that really just happened? Kyle Hampton, ever the optimist. Okay, got to regroup and try to have a good one Wednesday going into the break, face forward. My goodness, the Wednesday's game against the Pelicans is now ridiculously important. Like it's, this is the most important game of the season now on Wednesday against the Pelicans. And it was always going to be an important game, just like tonight's game was important. Every game from here on out is important because the Lakers' margin for error is just not there. Um, you have to win. You, it is beyond a must win against the Pelicans on Wednesday if you're going to stay in this thing. Um, the Lakers, as a team, we've seen them fall into this trap of, of trading baskets in games, and we've talked about that before. They also do have done that a lot in the season where they win a game, lose a game, win two, lose two, win three, lose three, right? We've seen them do that, and they haven't been, because of that, they haven't been able to make up for that 2-10 and 10 start. They're still trying to dig out of the hole that they put themselves in, and they can't do that because they keep just playing 500 basketball, and that's not going to dig you out in the Western Conference. They have to go on a real run, and it starts on Wednesday against the Pelicans, and then they head into the All-Star break. Uh, Ree, so Trevor, what chance do you give this team making the playoffs? I'm losing faith after these losses. I can't see LeBron miss the playoffs again. He's my favorite player. I still think they have a chance. You have to beat New Orleans. Uh, you need some other teams to start losing games, too. Like, it wasn't just the Lakers losing this game tonight that hurt. It was the other stuff. That happened in the NBA. Utah beats the Pacers. Come on, Indiana. Really? You've got uh, OKC uh, is loses to the Pelicans. Okay, I guess one of them. You, you need both of them to lose, but all right, whatever. Minnesota beats Dallas by three. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Come that. Come on. Like, that's brutal, right? Like, you, uh, Golden State beats the Wizards. Well, you figured that was going to happen, but... You they were, they won. They were getting blasted at one point. They, they came back and won. Um, you need the Warriors, the Thunder, the Pelicans, the, the obviously the Blazers tonight. You need these teams, the Jazz, to start losing games. And unfortunately, none of that happened tonight. So it's not just that the Lakers lost. It's all these other team teams won. That hurts. Um, so I don't think that I don't think they're out of it. Like. I see so many people after every game that the Lakers lose, they just go, oh, the season's over. And they're so quick to just, I don't know why people are so quick to jump to that conclusion as though they want that to be the case. 
I don't know if it's just an overreaction or if that's a way to just deal with the pain and say, well, the season's over and I can just ignore it and not pay attention anymore. But that's not the case. That's not the case. If you're saying the season's over right now, that's just not correct. They still have a chance to, to get themselves in. Now, they've got to play much better basketball, no question, and they have to start winning some games, and they're going to need some things to go their way for a change. So I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying I look at this team and say, oh, they're a playoff shoe-in at this point, because they're not. But it's also far from over. It's far from over. Koa, if we lose against New Orleans, the season's over. Um, <laughs> that will be That will be a very bad loss, though. If they lose to New Orleans, you have to get the game against New Orleans. What is Ham's game plan? Letting everyone but Dame shoot warm-up threes? His face looked lost the entire game. Um, I thought Ham was slow to adjust to Damian Lillard going crazy. But it, it, we didn't see the adjustment until after halftime. They continued to guard him straight up, and he just crushed them uh, in that first half. So I don't know what what that was all about. Um, we saw a number of Blazers get open looks. A lot of it was after they made the adjustment to really try to get the ball out of Dame's hands. And then that you're going to give up some open shots to other guys. And those other guys knocked him down. But what did you think Darvin Ham's game plan going in was a good one? And how I look at this, I think that some of it was just the Blazers hit shots. I, I think the the Lakers, especially towards the start, I feel like they try to guard Portland similar to the way they guarded Golden State, but you can't do that. Um, first off, and I tweeted this out after the Golden State game, like kudos to Darwin and the coaching staff because I thought against Golden State, they had a heck of a game plan. But there was a Steph Curry, and I feel like some of the stuff they were able to do wouldn't have worked against Golden State. Now you're facing a Portland team that has off the dribble, like pick and roll shooters, insanely better guys at that. Like Jordan Poole's good. He's not Damian Lillard off a ball screen. He's not Anthony Simons even out of a pick and roll. Um, they don't have the athletes like a Shaden Sharp. So you can't really top lock those dudes like you could against Golden State and sag off a big because they have, especially a game like tonight, they have dudes that don't even shoot well, knocking down a thousand shots. And then Damian Lillard as well is just – a, a lot better than Jordan Poole and Clay Thompson. So game plan wise coming in, I thought it was wrong. I, I thought they didn't adjust quickly enough. Like you just mentioned there, Trevor. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm out of words now. Uh, Drew says this loss hurts must win versus another team right above us. And another loss. Yeah. We saw it against the Pelicans recently. We saw it against OKC. Now they do it again here against the Blazers. Questionable rotations by Darvin Ham tonight. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's always been some question marks about Ham's rotations, and he's in a tough spot. Now he's got 24 games, and he's got six new players, and he's got to figure out how they all fit together. That's not easy for any coach. And I'm not trying to take anything off of Darvin Ham or pressure off of him. He's got to figure out a way to get it done um, and figure out the rotations that work, and he's got to do it quick, and they got to start winning games. And it's hard to know what those rotations are going to be when the guy that's probably most important, LeBron, isn't isn't in the game uh, for this one. So, really, really quick, I'm seeing a ton of genie bus. Please hire Emmy Odoka. If you guys didn't want Kyrie Irving because of the headache, no, not right now. That that situation still needs, I feel like, to be sorted out completely. No, please, no. 
Emmy is a good coach, but that situation, no. Uh, retro hip hop reviews. Darvin scam with another coaching disaster class. Time to start watching hockey. You can't. Again, I'm not saying Darvin Ham coached a good game. He didn't, but I can't look at this game and say, "Oh, if this was another coach, they're winning this game." The the Blazers didn't miss. Like that happens sometimes uh, in the NBA. I, I don't. Again, if the Blazers do this, if they shoot this way against anybody, they're winning that game. Now, you can say that the Lakers should have defended it differently and things like that, sure, but some of this was just the Blazers hitting ridiculous shots. And even guys like, again, Matisse Thibel went four for six from deep. What are you supposed to do there uh, when even Matisse Thibel's hitting shots? Uh, Ben Mason said, I'm tired of pretending like Ham is better than Vogel. Nothing about him is better besides getting uh, along with Russ and BS speeches. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. (laughs) We're not going to do that. Like, Vogel was a good coach. We talked about it, and people got upset with us for saying Vogel was a good coach and saying that that he was in a bad situation and he had a team that didn't fit his strengths and and all that kind of stuff. Um, and people were mad, saying we're not calling out Vogel. Like, he's he won a championship. Vogel was good. I think Darvin Ham has the ability to be a good coach as well. They're different. They're very different coaches, but um, I don't know. Man, it's it's... It's funny the way we can can react to stuff like this sometimes. And again, like to say nothing at all. Like again, you can't tell me schematically this is not better than Frank Vogel offensively, at least. Defensively, you got me, especially with yeah. the, with the competent roster, you got me. But offensively, schematically, this is a massive upgrade. Still, uh, this one just said Darvin scam. It seems like a lot of the blame is falling on him. And look, I'm not saying that every rotation was great because it wasn't. Um, Anthony said, Braun skips practice. Lakers didn't have practice uh, to go to the Super Bowl. Seems like a bad time to miss practice. Again, they didn't have practice. They must say they had practice yesterday. They think they did. Oh, they may have done a shoot around. They may have done a shoot around. But skips practice to go to the Super Bowl seems like a bad time to miss. No, I mean, I don't think he was ever, like, he was unlikely to play in this game. Now, in the pregame, he, there, there's footage go around. He did a reverse dunk. He, he took a baseline shot, caught a, a pass on a cut, reverse dunk, goes out to the other corner and shoots another three. And you're like, okay, if he's dunking right now, shouldn't he be, he'd be playing in this game. But obviously the Lakers know what's going on with his foot injury and they're trying to rest him up and make sure that he's not missing more games. Um, from a Lakers standpoint though, I'll tell you this from just the Lakers perspective, He's probably going to play against the Pelicans. If he doesn't, there's no way he should be playing in the All-Star game. Yes. No way. And, he, and even if he does, if I'm the like, and I know he wants to play and it's a great honor and all of this stuff. But man, if you're the Lakers, could you use to have LeBron shut it down fully for a week and just let that foot heal? I agree. And that's what I what I would prefer is... And you know what? Like AD has talked about it. Like, hey, I'm going to get to go on vacation with my family. I'm not upset about not being in, in, in the All-Star game. And maybe that's going to help him in terms of his own healing process and all of that. Um, yeah. If, if LeBron doesn't wind up playing, and I think he will, but if he doesn't wind up playing against the Pelicans, if you're the Lakers. You might need to insist, hey, do, do not go play in that All-Star game. Um, I'm not even mad. Our run starts with LeBron. He can't miss games anymore. Not the time for that. 
nonsense ham. Stop being stupid and put a real rotation in, please. What is a, a real rotation? What, what's a what real you, rotation? What are you changing? What's a real rotation when LeBron James and the dude you traded Patrick Beverly for aren't playing? Like, I'm, I, I don't know, man. Uh, ben said Vogel had an old team with a pouty Westbrook. Yes, absolutely. You'd, you'd, Frank Vogel was good. Look, Frank Vogel was not the reason why. Now I, I've said it a bunch of times. Frank Vogel was not the reason why the Lakers had such a horrific season last year. Frank Vogel, though, he what his shortcoming last season was he didn't take the mess that was given to him and improve upon it. It just stayed a mess. He didn't take what it was and make it better than the sum of its parts, but he's a defense first head coach that was given no defensive players. He was, he was set up to fail essentially. And then he took the fall for it, uh, which was crazy. Uh, Jordan said, I understand LeBron's injury situation, but him sitting out these must win games and then going on to play a not important all-star game is going to be annoying to see. Yes. And that's, that's the frustration for, Lakers fans is this season should be more important than the all-star game. And look, if you want to go there and you want to pick teams and then go sit down, great. Uh, and who knows? Maybe that's the way it'll go. Maybe he's going to go and he's going to play four minutes in the first half and five minutes in the second half. And that's it. And if I'm Darvin Ham, I'm calling up the coaches and that's what I'm asking for. Uh, but from a Lakers Purely, look, from an NBA perspective, you want LeBron, you're one of your biggest stars there. From a Lakers perspective, shut it down for a week. Take that time, rest and recover. Look, again, if he plays against the Pelicans, the NBA will lose their minds if he doesn't go. I understand that, but man, the Lakers could use him just to rest it for a week. LeBron just play Madden all week. Yeah, right? Just chill. Hanging out with your kids, hanging out with your family, rest. Heel. Uh, Ollie said, Trevor, in all honesty, any average NBA fan can make better rotations than Darvin. It's going to be tougher when LeBron comes back. Bench, Schroeder, Troy, and Wenyon. Minutes up for Beasley, Reeves, and Vando. I, I, look, Sean, like, there's, there's going to be hyperbole. There's going to be emotional reactions and things like that when they lose, and I understand that. Um, that's going to happen. So I don't think an average NBA fan would make a better rotation than, than Darvin Ham. Like, that's okay, right? Like, we can just, I think we can just dismiss that, but um, it's going to be tougher when LeBron comes back. I think there's, there's truth to that. LeBron comes back and I don't mean tougher in terms of winning games, tougher in terms of figuring out who plays and who doesn't. The reality is some of these minutes are going to get crunched because LeBron's playing 30 minutes plus who loses minutes from what we saw today. Who's losing minutes. I think the only guy that makes sense and it sucks because I like him a lot. And he's on an expiring deal, but I think it's going to be Lonnie. I think that makes the most sense, too. Um, like, I, I think they value the guys they brought in, especially Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley. You need his shooting ability on the floor. And then I think they want to at least give him Obama a shot. Um, so I think the two guys that make the most sense is going to be Mo Bamba coming in for and taking winning Gabriel's minutes, and then it's going to be LeBron. Um, and Alani's not going to really play. I think you'll probably see a chunk of Troy Brown's minutes taken as well. But um, yeah, that's probably what I go with. You know, I I didn't even mention Mo Bamba there, right? Like, you traded Patrick Beverly to get him. He's probably going to see the floor. You, 
this rotation that we saw is going to change drastically. Has to. Yeah. Has to. Joel, Udoka is better than Ham. Reed and Max need minutes. Devon Reed and Max Christie. I mean, look, I get it. When, so, Sean, and this is a credit to Max Christie. When people see an opposing player start to go crazy, the reaction I see across social media is put in Max, Max Christie. Should that be Ham's response? Throw, like, hey, Dame's going crazy. Throw Max, Max at him. Um, I think Max has done a good job, and I think back to the Hawks game of really slowing down opposing teams, you know, really good guards. He did a great job that Hawks game I'm referring to, uh, uh, doing a good job on Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, just using his length, his 6'6 size, I forget his wingspan, might be 6'10 wingspan, if I recall, um, and being able to uh, affect those those smaller guards and get in their skin. And, and his ball screen navigation is great, so... The fact that, like, like you just mentioned, that he's even in the conversation where, for being honest, he probably should not play, especially if everybody gets back healthy, um, is a credit to his defensive ability. And I think that's just only a good thing going forward for the Lakers that you have a potential reliable three and D wing. Uh, Patrick said, "We have no chance when the Blazers can't miss." Trevor, what's the best way to defend the Blazers today? Pray, pray for a miss. Pray, right. Now, I do think, so in general, if Dame starts going crazy, and this is what we saw Frank Vogel do in the past, and I, I've talked about this already on today's show, but in general, you blitz that player, you get the ball out of your hand, out of their hands, you accept that for at least a few seconds until your guys recover, you're going to put yourself into a four-on-three deficit situation because you're going to commit two defenders to Dame to get the ball out of his hands. He passes it. It's now four-on-three. And you're going to accept that gamble and trust that the other guys on the Blazers either aren't comfortable being put in that position and don't make the play or aren't going to hit the shots that they are presented with um, in that situation. And neither one of those things happened, even when the Lakers did it. Now, I think you can argue Ham should have gone to that sooner. Once Dame got going, put the pressure on him, get the ball out of his hands, and then you just have to live with whatever's going to happen from there. But when they did actually go to that, and again, I think he waited too long to do it. He didn't do it till after halftime. But when they did go to it, the other Blazers were knocking down the shots they were getting out of that situation. So that's typically what you go to. But even then, even doing what he should have done, it didn't work. I agree. And um, just mixing up. The coverages with Damian Lillard, I, I feel like you, you give a high-level guard the same look repetitively, they're just going to kill it. Like, Dame killed the drop coverage. He uh, And, yeah, I, and I'll talk about it in a minute. But, yeah, Darwin, Darwin has to be better there. So, let's, so we, we decided to switch up the superstar of the night to now count towards any player – Right, it's not just LeBron or AD anymore. It's going to be opened up to any player that we thought performed at a superstar level. Um, I'm not even going to hit the graphic. Is there a winner for this, Sean? No. Did anyone perform at a superstar level tonight for the Lakers? No. I don't think so. I don't think so. Not by Anthony Davis's standards. Okay. So from there, who gets who gets this? Star in your role. The starring role. Who did you think that was a role player that had a good game 
in this in this game tonight for the Lakers? Like, did anybody stand out where you went, okay, this guy had a, a pretty good performance? No, I want to say Malik Beasley, but like I know that almost all of his points came in the fourth quarter. <laughs> right, that's the problem, right? It, he his buckets came after the game was over. If he did that while the game was close, he gets it easy. I think he kind of has to get it by default because you look down the line, Rui. Eight points, three for eight shooting. Troy Brown, 13 points. Okay, but one of four from three. Um, he was decent. Vanderbilt, who was the, I mean, everybody was singing his praises, myself included, after last game. He was a minus 29 in this one. And I'm not saying he was bad. Like 22 minutes, six boards, three assists, two steals. Did a lot of little things out there. Also picked up four fouls. A couple of them weren't really fouls. By the way, I didn't think the Lakers got a good whistle in this game either. Um I don't think it changed the outcome of the game, obviously, but man, it is so frustrating to see opposing guards get into the paint, hurl themselves into whoever is the closest defender and get a whistle. Um, Dude, remember when Damian, like Dennis Schroeder is guarding Damian Lillard. Dennis Schroeder is oh, standing straight up. Dame somehow managed to like catch himself and like he hit himself in the face. That's how bad it was. And they called a foul. My bad, people. Oh man, yeah. Dame tried the rip. Schroeder did not. Typically, the rip through move guys do it when the uh, when the defenders got his arm out. Schroeder didn't. He had both of his arms in, tucked into his body. Like if it was a soccer game and the ball had hit Schroeder in the hand, it would not have been called a handball because his hands were in front of his body. Right? They would have said he didn't extend his arm. Like that's how Schroeder had his arms positioned. Maybe that doesn't illustrate much for most basketball fans, but he had his arms in, right? And Dame did the rip-through move. There's no arm out to run into. And he still got the call. It was it was unbelievable, some of the things that we were seeing tonight. But again, I don't think it changed the outcome of the game. It was just frustrating. Uh, Wicked Bronco said, I understand if LeBron is badly hurt, but evidently being at the Super Bowl was more important than helping your team win games. If you can afford to sit out, AD only 15 points is trash. He looks terrible. We had 19, but okay. Um, he looks terrible. LeBron and AD, uh, have given up Kobe plays tonight. I've seen a lot of that. Kobe's not sitting out of this game and LeBron sat out. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. You're I mean, probably probably right. Probably. Right? Like Kobe probably does play in that game. Um I've always kind of like holding LeBron to the Kobe standard is not I don't the know. Kobe Laker standard. Yeah, like that's that's obviously rarefied error to try to try to get to. But in any event, yeah, a lot of fans not happy that LeBron went to the Super Bowl. I don't know like did that change his healing process does lebron not going to the super bowl lead them to winning tonight like yeah like like is lebron playing in this game if he watched the super bowl at home yeah like now your best argument is because the super bowl is in phoenix or whatever or not or mm-hmm. near phoenix and then yeah he would have had to catch a, a plane likely to portland so maybe maybe you say the argument is maybe the extra flight or whatever could have potentially met like that's your best argument whatever but nah i don't know i i i kind of look at it like so there's fans who will get upset if they see a player doing something other than playing basketball basketball, right they get upset because they're they're like oh this guy should be in the gym well look Kobe was maniacal and in the gym at like three in the morning and stuff like that. Right. Most people can't do that though. Cause Kobe wasn't most people. Um, most people can't do that where you're just, you're in the gym all day, every day. You can't do that. You have to have other interests, other hobbies and, and things like that. And so people see, Oh my gosh, this guy, he's playing a video game gasp, right? Like gasp, you know, people just, and they, and they lose their minds. Oh, he should be working on his jumper. Guys have to have a chance to have other aspects of their lives and so i kind of put this in that category where if you're lebron you're a billionaire you've got the means to go to the super bowl you can hop on a private jet anytime you want i don't know if i fault him too much now on the on the flip side if he was told by the medical staff hey flying on this plane is going to slow down your rehabilitation process from this injury injury and it's going to make it much less likely you can play in that game and he went anyway. Totally different story. That's inexcusable. I'm assuming that's not the case. Yeah. Uh, Julian, Dame is always going to be a Laker killer. Not going to get too caught up in an ugly loss. Uh, Ugly, yeah, but I think we have to accept that we won't make the playoffs and focus more on who we're going to keep for next year. Well, Julian, I've got good news for you. I did a podcast yesterday all about the Lakers situation with the luxury tax and potentially the repeater tax as well and what that can mean for them in terms of their decision-making 
for the offseason. So if you haven't checked that out yet, that's the last Lakers Nation podcast. If you're on your podcast feed, just one before this one. Uh, or if you're watching over on YouTube, it was published um, this morning as we're recording this one. But um, yeah, on, on February 13th. So you can check that out. Uh, that I think that's part of the why the Lakers made the moves that they did at the trade deadline. Rob Pelicka called it pre-agency. It's not just about... I think they gave pieces that gives... They got pieces that give themselves a better shot at making a playoff run this year. I think they definitely did that. But they also got pieces that can be part of the team moving forward. And that was part of the brilliance of their uh, their trade deadline. So, yeah, I think that's going to be a focal point no matter what. That they're going to be looking at it both in terms of what can we do this year while keeping an eye on, okay, do we want to pick up Elite Beasley's $16.5 million option? Do we want to keep, do we want to guarantee $10 million next year for Mo Bamba? What do we want to pay Rui Hachimura, D'Angelo Russell? What can we pay him? All, those are all going to be ongoing uh, discussion topics. And uh, once again, Trevor did, I think he spent the first like 25 or so minutes just talking about the repeater tax and the luxury tax. So go check it out. It was a great episode. I listened to it on my way to the gym today. So uh, go I check did it out. not intend to spend that long, but I got going on it. And next thing you know, time flies. Time flies. Uh, Vector Nova. I'm sick of AD not dominating the matchups when he should dominate. It was the same with uh, Gold State. As for Darvin, uh, I don't care if he's a new head coach. Will Hardy's a new head coach and the Jazz are ahead of us. He has no excuse. Can I? Yeah. I, I, I'm not saying. First off, first part of that, I agree. AD has to do a better job of dominating matchups. The second part with Will Hardy, I'm not defending Darvin here, but and I'm going to contradict what I just said. In Darwin's defense, it's two different situations. And to a certain extent, Will Hardy has a little bit more freedom because he's not coaching a LeBron James, Anthony Davis-led team. So, like, there, there, there's just um, certain things that Will Hardy has a little bit more freedom to do. I think offensively, you're a, you can have a more free-flowing, fun-styled offense when you don't have LeBron James, Anthony Davis on your team. Maybe that's harsh or whatever, and I uh, I criticize LeBron AD, but due to their styles of play, you have to adjust your offense to to you know to cater them. They're not Steph or whatever. They're not Golden State where you can have a lot of motion stuff, run dudes off of screens and uh, and cuts and stuff like that. They're not Miami where you have one guy that can't really shoot. We have a, a really good big, that's an elite passer and a lot of shooters. They're not them. So. Um, Will Hardy's done a great job, though. Not taking anything away from him, but he's in a completely, totally different uh, situation. Uh, Zach said, "Fire Darvin Ham, bottom one coach in the NBA." I was, like, if you were to, if you were to rank NBA coaches, he's not anywhere near the top. He's no. near the near the bottom, probably because we, Long you time. know, we haven't seen like, I mean, just watching OKC play the Lakers. I went, "Yep, that team's better coached than the Lakers yeah. are." Um, so, so I'm not saying Darvin is this is this great coach or, or anything like that that's yeah what we're trying to say here uh andrew bring back vogel okay <laughs> uh who did the scouting report for this team they were playing thibault in the first quarter like he was draymond uh they also weren't aggressive at the three-point line like golden state um i mean you're supposed to play off of thibault like that's part of why philly traded him is because teams don't defend him behind the three-point like he's not a good three-point shooter um, he hit him tonight, though. But, yeah. 
if he was a good three-point shooter, no shot Philly trades him. Not for that. Yeah. Now, who did the scouting report? Like, obviously, the Golden State game, the Lakers looked much better prepared for that team than they did tonight for the Blazers. Now, part of that is Golden State missed a lot of shots. The Blazers did not miss a lot of shots. Sometimes it's as simple as that where, hey, if the other team's missing shots, you look a lot better. But I do think the Lakers' defense also looked a lot better last game than it did this game. They didn't look prepared for what uh, Portland threw at them. And again, if, if there's, I think the biggest criticism of Darvin, and I think this is fair, is that he doesn't do a good job adjusting on the fly. We haven't seen him do much of that this season where you went, oh, I see the adjustment that he made and it was perfect and it won them this game. Hasn't been a lot of that. There's been a lot of the opposite where an adjustment hasn't been made to try to fix something and you just continue to sink. Same problem we have with Frank Vogel. He adjusted game to game. Frank yes. Vogel did. In no, game, I, sometimes he struggled. No, yeah. Frank Vogel, were like seven game playoff series, give me Frank. But game to, are in the game, eh, it's a little shaky. But game to game, amazing. Uh, John said, three guard lineup again by our coach. Why not try a bigger lineup instead? Because you can go with now with two guards who could really shoot. Um, I, I thought there was a moment where he had a pretty small lineup out on the floor, but that's when Portland was absolutely red hot from behind the arc. So I think he was just desperate to try to put some guys out there that could get super switchy and, uh, and fight through screens and just defend the perimeter like crazy. And then they like instantly gave up a Drew Eubanks dunk at the, at the rim. I think that had a lot to do with it. Um, I know Darwin still does rely on the guard lineups quite a bit and maybe more than he should. We'll see if that continues to be a thing when, when LeBron returns. But specifically, there was a moment when you looked at the lineup and went, oh my gosh, we're super small again. But in that moment, I understood it because the Blazers were just, I mean, cruising from behind the three-point line. David said, waited three years for AD to, be, AD to become the best player on the team. Glad Beasley found his stroke in this game. Don't know if AD is the guy to take over. He did earlier on in the season. Yeah, He hasn't since he's come back from injury. And again, I think that this break for AD is going to be big time. And it's, it's a good thing, honestly, that he wasn't even added as a, um addition to the All-Star game. So, you know, happy that AD gets, a, gets some time off. Uh, John, at least we were able to feel optimistic after bad losses by talking potential trades. Can't help but feel depressed now that the trade deadline is over. Like, you want some optimism? Uh, LeBron James is about to come back. There we go. There's something. <laughs> but people were just excited about this team yesterday. Ten hours ago. Like, the Blazers came out. Look, again, no. Darvin Ham made some mistakes tonight. For sure. The Blazers were insanely hot shooting the ball. I don't like we shouldn't ride the roller coaster too much here. Right. It was look, it's a bad loss. And I know the clock is ticking and you have to find ways to win games. You have to. There's just there's no ways around it. But I I don't think I look at this game and just say, well, that's it. The, these guys are all terrible. Just blow this whole thing up. I don't know. That's just not me. Uh, B witness said, I think if AD continues to play below his capabilities, then you have to entertain trade offers this offseason. His numbers were nice tonight, but when you're the best big man on the floor, you should put up Giannis numbers. 
that's a fair criticism. And like we just mentioned, you kind of got to dominate these matchups. And mm-hmm. I forget who tweeted it out, but or maybe it was a text. I don't even remember at this point. Uh, it's a blur. But, you know, there's nobody on the floor tonight that should have been able to guard Anthony Davis. Nope. And offensively, that's what you do. Again, everything else for the second straight game, everything else was almost perfect. Defensively, I thought he, he was really, really good again. Had one play where I thought he just let Dame get by him. But outside yeah. of that, I thought he was pretty solid. 20 rebounds, incredible, but um, just didn't score enough. And that, that's the unfortunate part of the game where a lot of being a superstar is your ability to score. Um, and he just hasn't been able to do that the past couple of games. Yeah, the, the Lakers needed Anthony Davis to be the best player on the floor, and he was clearly not in this game. They yeah. needed him to go and take over the game. Now, my th- is it injury? Is that still bothering? Does he not have his legs under him totally? That's where hopefully that all-star break will help. But yeah, he was AD was not good enough tonight for the Lakers to get the win. And I think he was better than he was uh, against the Warriors. For most of the game, it was pretty brutal against the Warriors. He made some big defensive plays down the stretch. Thought he looked better than that in this one. But against Drew Eubanks, you needed a... I don't know. Instead of what what was he? Eight for eighteen or whatever it was. Yeah, eight for eighteen. You needed a thirteen for eighteen night out of Anthony Davis. In addition to, I mean, three free throws. You needed like, you know, thirteen for eighteen and eight or nine free throws. That's what you needed out of Anthony Davis tonight. And you didn't get that. You didn't get that. Uh, trade offers. I don't. I don't know if they're going to jump to that conclusion just yet. Again, we've seen him play at a near MVP level this season. Hopefully he can get back to that. That's what the Lakers are looking for. Uh, Jerry C. Schroeder's a good player, but not shooting well tonight. Should have brought him a leak earlier in the fourth quarter and just let him cook. Should that really have been, you know, as much as we talk about Ham not switching up the defense, did Ham need to recognize earlier that Schroeder didn't have it going like he has in previous games and gone to somebody else? Maybe it's Malik Beasley. You put him in there and just say, hey, start bombing away from three. I mean, do you give Shooter the benefit of the doubt, though? Like, hey, you've been our best offensive player for past couple of games. You were a big reason why on both ends of the floor we beat Golden State. We're going to let you ride this thing out. I, I think you give him the benefit of the doubt. Now, maybe at, at a certain point, you'd be like, okay, yeah, let's, let's try something else out. But, um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I kind of understand why, why Dennis still played. Three guards shaking my head. So much energy trying to get 50-50 balls and rebounds. More AD, Rui, Bando, Reeves, Beasley, D'Lo. Less Dennis uh, and Gabriel. Heavy defense, no offense. Really quick. I was just tossing around this lineup in my head. It was Reeves, Malik Beasley, LeBron, Rui, and AD. Not as a starting lineup, but like it for minutes during the game. You've got switchability. You've got... Some size there. You've got yeah. I don't. I don't mind that. I don't mind that group. It's not bad. LeBron is acting as your de facto point guard with Reeves as your secondary creator there. Uh, Wicked Bronco. Can we also fire him, please? They're not. He's got four years in a contract. They're not going to fire him. Um, the dude doesn't have LeBron, and you don't play AD over thirty-five plus minutes or double Lillard. I'd rather have Vogel. Still think we win the title in twenty twenty-one with a healthy AD. Oh, I agree with that last part. I think you win the title in 2021. I think you've got a good shot at it. I think you definitely beat the Suns if AD was healthy um, in, in that series. But don't double Lillard. They didn't do it early enough. They did it in third quarter. They didn't do that early enough. I agree with you there. 
in AD. You don't did. play AD 35 plus minutes. What did, he played 31, but it was a blowout. I mean, you and I, Sean, were were beside ourselves that he put AD back into the game in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I was going to say, like, if AD played 35 minutes, everybody in the chat would be, like, really ready to fire Darvin Hale. Yeah. There, I mean, once the game was over, like, I thought AD stayed on the floor for a couple of minutes longer than he should have. When it was pretty yeah. clear you weren't going to come back, you needed to pull him sooner and try to rest him up. Because now this Pelicans game coming up on Wednesday is even more important. And so they put him in for a few meaningless fourth quarter minutes. And there was even one play where he crashed to the floor. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is, you know, disaster waiting to happen. Get him out of the game. Uh, Allie. Good. Uh, Allie said, why does Ham have favorites? I prefer saying stuff like, I prefer to start Dennis. This is a losing mentality. Can he not be transparent? Vogel was better. Vogel had Avery Bradley. It was his favorite. It was like, are we going to forget how much Avery, uh, Dar- uh, Avery Bradley uh-huh. had Frank Vogel in a chokehold last year? Like, let's not forget. And uh, I, I think it's, it's hard to say, well, Darvin like Darvin saying, I prefer to start Dennis when it just worked out pretty well last game. Yeah. Yeah. Past two games. Uh, Jay, the timing for hiring Ham couldn't be worse. I just hope Braun could create some open looks we can hit, hopefully. I mean, look, Ham is a first-year head coach. That's a, we knew there'd be some bumps in the road. Like right now, would you be feeling more comfortable if, Quinn Snyder was the coach. Obviously, he didn't wind up pursuing another coaching job for the time being. But if Quinn Snyder was the coach right now, if it was somebody, a veteran coach that had more experience, knowing what you've got to accomplish over the next 24 games, probably because, frankly, you have no margin for error. You don't have time for Darvin Ham to make any rookie head coach mistakes. You don't. You don't. You you can't. You can't tolerate rookie head coach mistakes. So, I understand that given where the Lakers are at. Right now, in order to make the playoffs, ideally, Darvin Ham wouldn't be the coach. But they they made this decision for a reason, and they knew there would be some bumps in the road with a first-year head coach. Yeah, tough. Ali said, this game makes me want Stanley so badly. Fortunately, the Lakers are not able to sign Stanley Johnson. Um, I thought they'd be able to, but can't because he would have had to been traded apparently from utah to san antonio still falls under league rules because the lakers were the last team to trade him he's still not allowed to re-sign with the lakers Uh, uh sam says would you say ham is the problem i wouldn't say he's the problem and does he have a job next year yes yes and i'm saving my darwin ham speech for a second okay 11 said, rotations were terrible tonight. We could have stayed close if Ham had the right personnel on the floor together. You weren't staying close when Portland was hitting threes from the parking lot. Yeah, that's, I mean, Portland, again, shot lights out. And this is just after we gave Ham credit for the game plan against Golden State. Like, again, you don't want to see the ups and downs, but there's been some good, some bad. Uh, John, what happened to Lonnie Walker? Only garbage minutes. Yeah, I mean, with the new guys coming in, some guys are going to see a minutes crunch. That's going to happen. And that's uh, Lonnie seems to be the prime candidate to potentially lose his minutes. I and mean, Troy Brown is definitely playing ahead of him right now. Should that be the case? Or should Lonnie be getting minutes ahead of Troy Brown? 
No, it, no, it should definitely be Troy over Lonnie right now. Just, I mean, we, we, we have enough guards. Let's, let's not. No, I agree. It should be Troy. I agree with that. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, Peter, Darvin Ham is the worst coach in the NBA. Adjustments are off, and no one understands why he starts Schroeder alongside Russell. Hire Ime Udoka. Well, uh, Ime Udoka is not, first of all, he's not a free agent. He's still under contract for the Celtics right now. But uh, adjustments are off. I would agree. He hasn't done a good job adjusting mid-game. I, I'll, I'll give you that. No question. He has not done well. Adjusting mid-game, starting Schroeder alongside Russell. I didn't like that plan going in. It worked well last game. I think there is some benefit to it. There is some benefit. Maybe ultimately that's not what they wind up doing. But last game, Ham looked pretty good for doing it. This game, maybe not so much. Yeah. When LeBron comes back, we can't have three starting ball handlers, two of which don't pass in D'Lo and Schroeder. Schroeder better coming off the bench. I think Schroeder last game hitting three of four from deep was a big deal. Most games, he's not going to do that. And that's where it becomes maybe an issue having Schroeder on the floor. Now, I also say he's the quickest guy. So when it comes to defending opposing point guards that are speedy, he probably has the best shot. But I don't think Ham's going to remove Schroeder from the starting lineup. But if he's going to, this is the argument, right? That LeBron comes back, comes back, Schroeder needs a point shooter to stay on the floor, and he's not. Yeah. And, and, and again, like, like we just mentioned, Dennis has been your, your, be- your best offensive player for the past two games. So, if anything, like in this situation, Darwin can't win, right? Like if you don't start Dennis, there's going to be a group of Laker fans. Like how are you going to not start Dennis? He's been our best player offensively for the past couple of games or whatever, outside of the game where LeBron broke the record. So, it, it, it's tough, man. Like, I, I don't know. With De- I understand starting Dennis. Um, that's not where he lost the game at. All right. Well, that being said, let's let's do this. Master Lock of the Night. The Master Lock of the Night. I know fans are upset. We're angry. We're not happy. After that game. Sean, what is being put in the master lock from this game? That was the most annoying thing from the game, and we put it in Chris the Masterpiece Masters finishing hold. What is getting your master lock tonight? All right. 
So I'm going to put two things in the master lock, two things in a master lock. One, I'm going to put Darvin Ham in the master lock. Um, I, I, I hope Chris can, you know, manage putting two people in there. I, I think, I think he can. He can do it. And the, and the second one, I'm actually going to put myself in the master lock. I'm okay. going to put myself in the master lock as well. The reason being, and here's, I'm going to explain, the problem with the national media and sports analysts, in my opinion, is analysts are so tied in on their argument. And when there's new data provided, they're not willing to change their argument. They're so, dare I say, hell-bent on keeping their answer the exact same, even though the argument, uh, even though there's new data to support a different argument. So I'm going to battle like myself for so far with the data being provided. So far, I was wrong about Darvin Ham. So far, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there, 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 there's out of the way of, oh, I, I'm the Darvin Ham fanboy. No, I've admitted now several times, actually, but I'm master locking myself now to do it. I was wrong about Darvin Ham. Okay, there you go. Master locking Darvin Ham, though. Because, and it's early still, it's year one. He's not getting fired. He won't even get fired next year. The earliest he'll get fired is probably the third year, for being honest. Um, but I'm having the stars with talking, Trevor, and throughout the, the playback stream night, you know, some assistant coaches aren't just made to be head coaches. And I'm not saying Darvin Ham, you know, there's still plenty of time to turn things around. Absolutely. But there's just some elements that, as an assistant coach, you don't have to worry about, like, and it's hard to, to say because every situation is different. Don't know what his responsibilities were exactly like in terms of rotations, scheme, play calling, things like that in Milwaukee. But, um, you know, there's just sometimes like there, he might not be a Taylor Jenkins where Taylor Jenkins could just leave Milwaukee and immediately, not immediately, but fairly quickly become a top 10 head coach in Memphis, right? Um, there's, there's, Easily. I mean, heck, Coach Buholzer himself was assistant in San Antonio, takes the Hawks job, top 10 head coach, right? So maybe he's just not that. And maybe he is just cut out to be a phenomenal assistant because I think he is a really, really good assistant. But um, so far, the rotations, the play calling offensively, they run good stuff. It's just the play calling of it has been terrible. Um, so, yeah, Darvin Hammond, the master lock, and myself for being wrong, I suppose, in the master lock as well. So I think most of the chat has has been upset with us for defending Darvin Ham so much in this show. It's not I've said a bunch of times here. I think Darvin made some mistakes and he's getting my master lock as well. I don't think he adjusted nearly quickly enough. I think that's been a weakness of his over the course of the season is not adjusting quickly enough when things are happening in the game, not reacting to things and responding in game. I think that's been a big problem. Um I just I have a hard time placing all of the blame on him when the Blazers are are just red hot now. That doesn't that's not to say the Lakers defense wasn't part of that in terms of getting them open looks and things of that nature. But uh I think Ham is is deserving of the master lock because again, Damian Lillard starts going crazy and he didn't make the major adjustments that they needed to until the third quarter. And by that point, you're already in big trouble. You're down what was it, 19, 20 at halftime. You've got to make those adjustments faster because a guy like Damian Lillard can go berserk so fast. You've got to try to put a stop to that and react to it. And they just didn't do that quickly enough. Again, part of this is the Blazers went insane from behind the three-point line. You can't expect them to do that night in and night out. And it's unfortunate that it happened tonight against the Lakers. But part of that falls on the coaching staff for not making the adjustment faster 
to try to force the Blazers into something else. Now, again, even when they did make the adjustment, the Blazers continue to hit shots. The other guys were hitting shots too. So as you know, I'm not saying they win the game, but still you can't wait until the third quarter when Damian Lillard is on a heater and he's dropping 30 in the half. Yeah. All right. Lakers nation. Thank you guys for, for joining us tonight. Again, not, not what we wanted to see out of the purple and gold in this game. Certainly not something that they can really withstand. This is not, um, not good. Not good for a Lakers team that badly needs to win games and they need to beat the teams that are ahead of them in the standings. They've had three opportunities to do that recently against the Thunder, the Pelicans, and now the Blazers, and they've come up short in all of those games. Fortunately, they did get the win against the Warriors last game, but they can't play 500 basketball anymore. They can't. Their season will end if they continue to play 500 basketball. They have to start making up ground. They have to do it now. They have to run off a five, six game win streak. Things like that have to start happening. If it doesn't, then that's it. Then then they're going home. So we'll see what this Lakers team is made of. Again, biggest game of the season coming up on Wednesday against the New Orleans Pelicans. Thank you guys for joining us. Make sure you are subscribing to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Ring the notification bell. And of course, go find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.